that you are seeking such. The Father's looking for those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. So Father, we submit ourselves to you tonight. We ask that you would begin to fix our hearts so we know that you are Lord of everything. Fix our minds so that we understand that and we can work in it. God, I would pray that you would order our thoughts so that you would be always first in our life. And God, we thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit as he leads us and guides us into all truth. We know that you will be revealed to us in a deeper way. So thank you for our healing. Thank you for our understanding. Thank you for our brothers and sisters who help us to make up this great kingdom. And God, we ask that you come now. Let your presence be known. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles tonight, go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. We just talked to these first two verses. We were there last week. It says, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to, obey, uh, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Amen. We want to continue talking to you. We'll call this part two of doing the word releases God's abundance. Doing the word releases God's abundance. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, what we've told you uh, last week, of course, is that <clears throat> when we do the word, then abundance just comes in our lives. It's automatic. You don't have to do anything. It just happens. The Bible says that your blessings will overtake you, which means that you will have things happen in your life that you were not expecting nor looking for, but they are there because of your obedience to the word of God. Amen. The Bible says that uh, everything you need and more is and uh, more left over is there so you can give to the need 
of others. Amen. Then we went on to tell you last week that abundance simply means having everything you need when you need it. Amen. And we told you last week, I'm looking at these notes from last week. He said that uh, uh, riches and blessings are regarded as a part of God's favor that was bestowed on Jesus. In other words, God blessed Jesus with everything, and Jesus then decided to do what you should do. When you get blessed, <laughs> hallelujah. All right. So the Bible teaches us this, and this is where we left last week. God does not want or need your money, but what he needs is you. Amen. And we talked a little bit last week about spending your money foolishly, that is spending it on yourself. So the last thing I said to you is this. Money reflects a person's spiritual health. Jesus can't be Lord of your life if he's not Lord of your pocketbook. Amen. So today I want to pick up on that because what the Bible teaches us here is that well, let me give you some historical data. 16 of Jesus' 38 parables dealt with money and possession. That's a lot. Amen? Now, he said more about money and possessions than he did about heaven and hell combined. Hmm? In the Gospels, one out of every 10 verses, 288 to be exact, deals with money. Why am I telling you all this? Because you all say, well, yeah, I don't see why we got to be talking about money in church. Because that's all there is in the Bible. In the entire Bible, over, over 2,000 verses deal with money, 500 on prayer and less than 500 on faith. Isn't it interesting that God want you to know more about money than he does about prayer, faith, and everything else in the Bible. Now, as they say in my neck of the woods, why you rigging that is? And that's quite simple to answer. Because money is a stumbling block to revelation. Let me say it again. Money is a stumbling block to revelation. If you don't know how to use money, you don't know how to do the word. If you don't know how to do the word, you can't be blessed. Remember we told you that uh, uh, last week, uh, Deuteronomy 8 says this. It says that it's God who gives you the power to get wealth. So God gives us the power to do that, and, and the knowledge of the word makes you Wealthy. Mm. Y'all sure you were here last week? <laughs> Amen. So the Bible says this. It says that God knows it is a challenge and a place where believers can get sidetracked. So he gave detailed instructions concerning the use of money and possessions. So what's he saying? He's saying, and we told you last week, uh, and Timothy says that the 
the love of money is the root of all evil. If you love money more than you love God, then you will get sidetracked and you won't be able to do what you need to do to get the revelation of who God is so you can be blessed. The Bible says when he talked to Abraham, uh, he said that I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And then he went on to say, I'm going to curse those who curse you. Now watch this as we get to, through the lesson today, because I'm going to show you that a little later on. The Bible is teaching us something. He's saying that in the text today, that the blessings of God for our obedience uh, uh, to his word or our commitment to doing his word uh, uh, is our ability to hear. And when the Bible talks about hearing, he says, we hear when we observe and do. And that's what scripture says, observe to do. Now, the problem is, if we don't get this part, then we don't get the abundance. If you miss this, the blessing won't come. So no more, listen, and I know this sounds, sounds a little difficult for some people to digest. Doesn't matter how hard you pray. Doesn't matter how much faith you have to believe you can receive. If you have not established your covenant with him so he can give you a conduit to be blessed, none of that works. Come on, are y'all still here? All right. So he says, if we don't get this, the abundance and blessings will not come to us. They don't come just because we understand what the word says. Let me read that again. They don't come just because we understand what the word says. They come because we observe to do it in a particular area. It says that obediently hearing the word is equated to doing the word. In other words, if I hear from God and I know God, I'm, uh, I, God tells me I'm supposed to do something. When I do the something he tells me, there's a blessing on the other side. Amen. Not doing the thing. Leads to a curse. I ain't gotten there yet, but we're going to get there in just a moment. So the basic requirement for having uh, blessings and abundance is that we listen carefully to the voice of the Lord. You got to be able to hear God. That's why, you know, Jesus said several times, be careful what you hear. Be careful how you hear. John chapter 10, verse 27 says this, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. Now, let me change that and say, they hear my voice, they know me, and I know them. Amen. We know each other. And you see, a saint is supposed to have the spirit of God in them, which means that you should know that spirit. You should understand that. And if it's not the spirit of God, the Bible says that you shouldn't follow that. And another they will not follow. Whenever you start to hear messages about giving and you start feeling a little tight, then you begin to hear another voice. Oh. Let me go on. So the Bible goes on to say then, as people, we hear the voice of the Lord today through his ministry of the word. In other words, when, when, when a message such as the one that's being given right now, when you hear it, 
then you're actually hearing the voice of God. God is telling you something. What is he telling you? He said, okay, uh, uh, if you do observe to do what I tell you to do, you get blessed. That, that, that's the word from the Lord. Amen. You don't need a thus saith the Lord. It's right in your Bible. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Are y'all with me? And the Bible says this, uh, uh, you only hear his voice when you read and do what the word requires you to do. Now, you, you have a difficult time, uh, and, and I need to make sure that I say this right because I don't want to misquote. You have a difficult time moving in the word when you only move on somebody else's word. Okay, if you haven't read it for yourself and you don't have the understanding, you can't do it just because I keep saying to you, you can do it. That's not enough. You have to have an understanding of what the word says. And see, so many people take it secondhand. Even from the preacher. Don't take it from me if you haven't read it. That's why I tell you where to find it. So you can look for yourself and make sure it is the truth. What if I'm wrong? Amen. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, as folks say, I'm getting up there in years. I don't remember everything. That's not true. I remember. No. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember everything. As folks say, I used to have a photographic memory, but, you know, I ain't got no film in the camera now. But my point is that if I give it to you and tell you where to find it, then it is not my responsibility to remember it so you can do it. So if you're relying on the preacher to get you through, you already through. So he goes on to say this, uh, when we equate hearing with obeying, we get what the New King James Version says. Now, in the King James Version, Deuteronomy 21 says this, uh, excuse me, 28 and 1 says, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey. That's King, uh, New King James. It says, diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. But the King James says, it shall come to pass that if you Hearken diligently. Are you seeing this? So the hearing with the notion to submit to what you heard is the same as diligently obeying. Are you seeing this? My hearing has to be with the intent to do what I heard. To do what I heard. Now somebody say, well, Pastor, I need to go home and study that. Well, keep studying. But let me tell you what's happening. Once you hear it, you become responsible. I don't care how long you study. So if it takes you six months, you might study right on out your season. Now, yeah. now listen, when, when the Bible talks about obedience, it's talking about immediate obedience. Do we understand that? Well, I need to pray on that. Go ahead, keep praying. What makes you think your prayer is going to change anything? Okay, y'all looking at me funny. Well, my prayers change things. Not if you're disobedient. You can't pray 
something other than the word and expect the thing to come to pass. So if the Bible says, it, now it shall come to pass. That's what it says in my Bible. It shall come to pass if you diligently obey. Isn't that so he says, if you do this, it will come to pass. What is so difficult about that? Why do we need a prayer meeting to get that? Truth is, we don't, do we? Amen. So the Bible goes on to say this. Uh, uh, in the original text, if you read, if you will hear listening. This is, this is what we could translate this to say. If you will uh, hear listening. It means my mind's open to receive and I understand what the Lord is saying. Now, today's translation would be something like this. If you will listen using both ears. Crazy, isn't it? Why do we need to listen with both ears? Because if you're listening with one ear, the devil's talking to you in the other ear. Did you hear what I just said? If you're listening with one ear, the devil will be talking to you in the other ear. Now, that's, that's a metaphor for saying that what we do is sometimes we hear something, but we don't process it and understand it. So we have to get two or three opinions about what we heard. Amen's are slowing down now. See, because we like to go and, you know, that's, that's how the old church used to have Bible study. Y'all know that, right? The old church, they used to sit around and get a verse and what you think it means? Huh? Two or three people give their opinion. Now, when you're hearing out of one ear and the devil is talking to you in the other ear, then the devil is building up a stronghold in that ear that he's talking into. And because he's building up a stronghold, the Bible says that the result is confusion. Now, I like to say it this way. What happens is saints allow the devil to talk to them just enough so they can't make a right decision. I don't know if this is right or not. I'm going to write it out and see how it works. Well, here's my answer to you. Are you blessed? If you're not, see, it's simple for me. If my life is going down the toilet, then I'm going to do something different. If no blessings ain't coming upon me, they ain't overtaking me, I'm going to try something different. I'm not going to keep beating my head against the wall. My life is going right down the toilet, and I'm still trying to make it work. There's no clarity or ability, ability, or ability to obey what God says when confusion comes in. That's why uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God 
and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So he says that we have to first what? Pull down strongholds. If the devil's talking to me, he's trying to build a stronghold. He's building a wall and Mexico ain't going to pay for it. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pull down that stronghold, and then he says, then cast down imagination. Now we, you know, if I use that word imagination, sometimes we get confused, and and you really thought you think that just just the thought, but what the, when the Bible says imaginations and thoughts, it means that what most people do, and you do this, I know you do it uh, unconsciously or subconsciously is your thoughts paint a picture. You see what you're thinking. So if the thought is wrong, then the picture is wrong. And if the picture is wrong, then what you do is wrong. So he says, casting down imagination and then bringing every thought captive to the word. Does it line up with the word? Does it line up? If it doesn't line up with the word, cast it out. Stop having discussions about whether somebody thinks it's right. Or not. Is it in the word? If it's there, then you do it. If you don't, don't do it. Amen. So the Bible says you have to learn how to listen with both ears. I want to hear the same thing on my right side that I hear on my left side. You know, you see the cartoons and the movies where the devil sits on one shoulder and the angel sits on the other one. It might be more true than you believe. That's why you're going to have to be really up on the word so you can push that other thought out of the way. Now, notice what verse two says. Verse two says this. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obeyed. Amen. So the Bible says they catch up to us. I don't care what you're doing. If you're walking with Christ, eventually your blessing will catch up with you. And no matter how fast you run, the Bible says you can't outrun the blessing. It will catch up with you if you do the word. Hmm. Now, most believers don't get blessed because they're running after them. If you're running after a blessing, you'll never catch it. But if you're running after Christ, the blessing will automatically catch up to you. <laughs> Excuse me. So the Bible says most believers are doing things to obtain blessings because they have not learned to listen with both ears. So they're still trying to figure it out. Y'all know that? One of the worst things I ever did in my whole life was when I tried to make a budget with pencil and paper. Oh, you can put down the items. Yeah, we got to pay for the house, the car. We got the lights. We got this, the that. You can put all that stuff down there. It's the other side that won't work. They ain't getting that. 
See, it's them figures you put on the other side. Because you say, okay, now this is, this is my total income for the month. And, and then let me list all the bills. And then I'm going to add them all up. And then I'm going to see how much I got left. Well, let me give you a quick answer. This is, this is biblical math. If you haven't been given, you're going to have a zero balance. And if you have, you're going to have a plus. When you listen now, I'm a little bit off, so I'm going to just. <laughs> when you start with your budget, everybody's done this. I know because I've done it. I had a legal pad. I used it up. <laughs> when you start doing that, you know, the very first thing you start to do and y'all can act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You got mask on. I can't tell you what your expression is, <laughs> but 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 I'm going to tell you the first thing you do is you start figuring what you can take out. That ain't no budget if you start taking stuff out. That ain't real. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It ain't a real budget if you start. Well, let's see. Well, I think I'm going to take out the credit card. Well, you still got that. It's not like Lucky Charms. It's not magically delicious and moves away. It does not. You still. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? So the, when you find that your budget doesn't balance and you have to figure out how you're going to take something out, then, then stop right there, get on your knees, repent, and then write God a check. Okay, let me move on. I see that didn't go over well at all. Where am I going to get the money from? From that money you stole from God. I was trying to make that come out a little softer. <laughs> Do you understand? And I didn't mean for it to come out like it's too hard, wasn't it? It's kind of in your face. If you're not giving, then all the money you're spending is cursed. Just hold on. I'm going to get there. I'm almost there. I'm about to get there. Abundance and blessings come to you as an automatic working of God's word. In other words, when I'm walking with God, stuff just happens. Well, pastor, you saying that you ain't ever going to have a problem? No, I'm going to have all kinds of problems. Stuff going to break down. I'm going to have to fix it. There are going to be some unexpected expenses that I didn't have. Uh, all kinds of things will go wrong. As a matter of fact, when I'm trying to get started, more of that stuff will happen than ever before. Because God wants to know, not the devil, God wants to know, are you sincere? Are you, are you going to, come on, are you going to serve me no matter what? See, so the refrigerator just quit working. For no good reason. Hmm? All of a sudden, you find yourself walking. Cars don't just quit. Y'all know that, right? No, if you got a car and you service it, it should last you at least 20 years. Same car. At least that. Everybody going, hmm. No, listen. 
Why is everybody looking at me like that? Now, listen, they did a survey just last month, uh, uh, Car and Driver magazine. They said the average age, the average now, the average age of every car on the highway today is 12 years old. So since you had to factor in the black fact and subtract the white facts and Multiply it by the ghetto factor. <laughs> that equals 20 years. <laughs> oh, that mercy. I tell you, I'm having a good time with y'all. Verse 13 says this. Look at verse 13. It says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, above only, and not beneath. If you heed the commandment of the Lord your God, which I, shall, uh, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. There it is again. Observe to do. And he said, you ain't ever going to be behind. You're always going to be above. You're not going to be in lack. You always have God's abundance. Now, what did we say abundance was? Having everything you need when you need it. Huh? Today is the 18th. So if your rent is due on the first of the month, you ain't late yet. Huh? But that time's approaching. So you should be making arrangements now. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I get to it when I get to it. Yeah, you're going to be out there writing a check in the, in the parking lot. Uh, oh, what was that? <laughs> Deuteronomy 29, Deuteronomy 29 and nine, look at this, 29 and nine. The Bible says, therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them that you may prosper in all you do. Is that in your Bible? Deuteronomy 29 and nine says that if I do what God says to do, if I do the word, now 29 does say the word, right? Keep these words and do them. Doing the word. Y'all see her there? He said, you do this and you will have no defeat, no frustration, and no failure. Y'all still here? Now, the Bible says, not prospering is a curse. Let me try this one more. Failure to prosper is a curse. Failure to prosper is a curse. You had to show that to me. I, don't, I just ain't, I don't believe that. Don't make it in what you believe. Amen. No, you know, to, Proverbs 26 and 2. Proverbs 26 and 2. Proverbs 26 and 2. 
as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. So two things we should know. First, not prospering is a curse and that a curse cannot come or stick without a cause. Are y'all still with me? Look at Deuteronomy 28 and 29. Deuteronomy 28 and 29. Here's what it says. It says, and you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in the dark. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall not prosper in your ways. One more time. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. You can't borrow your way out. You can't steal your way out. No one will save you. Y'all still with me? Numbers chapter 23, verse 8. The Bible says, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defiled? So here's what the Bible says. A curse can't come on God's people. God won't allow his people to be cursed. So if you are cursed, it's because of your own choosing. You chose to be cursed. Nobody's going to choose to be cursed. Well, I beg to differ with you. Verse 15, 28, 15. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that these curses will come upon you and what? overtake you. The same way that blessings come upon you for obedience to the word, curses will run you down and mug you the same way. I'm telling you, a curse will come and steal your wallet and take all the money out of it. Now, this is why people say this, and, and, and it it's pure ignorance because we don't understand the word. We say, well, I just can't seem to catch up. I can't seem to get ahead. Well, if you know that, then stop what you're doing. Stop trying to make your money something that works for you when you're not living it. And then use that money for seed so you can sow into a blessing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find something that's a little easier because y'all are getting real quiet on me. So verse 29 explains that as part of the curse, you shall not prosper in anything that you do. So we want to emphasize that the failing to prosper is a curse and the cause of that curse is failing to do the word. All right. Let's try one more. 
verse 47. It says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore, verse 48, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. You know, some people have been trying to get out of debt their whole life. Their whole life. And, you know, what's that show? Good times. Never could get out to get up. Somebody just got it, right? Now, notice what Scripture says. He said that that you that you your enemy you'll serve your enemies in hunger, thirst, and nakedness, and one of all things. So that means that failing to prosper is all about. Uh, uh, that's what failing to prosper is all about. But it's also the things that Christ died for, for hunger. Thirst, nakedness. And why did he die for these things? So that we would not have the experience. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Philippians, when you get a chance, read Romans 8, verses 31 through the end, you know. Uh, you know what it says. But here's Philippians 4.19. Everybody knows the verse. I think they do anyway. All right? Well, here's what it says. It says, uh, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. A couple of things I want you to see in that verse. First, he says, Paul says this. He says, My God. Because I have a relationship with him. He says, my God shall supply. Now, that's the word that I wanted to call your attention to. Uh, supply. That word is, is a, a Greek word, uh, uh, plereo. And what that word simply means is this. It means to supply or to complete. To complete. So when the Bible says, here's what it says. Let's read it with the, the Greek. It says, my God shall complete. And when we add it with the, uh, 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 the explanation, the, the, it says, my God shall complete all your needs. Amen. Well, you can go one step further and say, completely supply, completely satisfy. And he says, all of your needs. And notice that it says, your needs. Now, you got to keep this because everybody quotes the scripture wrong. It says, my God, your needs. My God, your need. My God, your need. Now, we always say that God will supply all of my needs. So that takes out your portion of what you need to do. What Paul is saying here, when you go back and read the story, Paul says this. He says, 
as you have given to me in my time of need, I will distribute everything you need because of how God has blessed me. Now, let me put that in some plain English. What he's saying is, uh, you, you, you realize that Paul was, was on the field, and he was looking for support. And he says as people sowed into him, what, he, what, what they were actually doing is sowing into their blessing. And he said, as you have blessed me in my time of need, God, my God, the one that put it on your heart to bless me, he's going to bless you in everything that you need. Because you gave to Dayspring in the time of our need, Amen. then Dayspring will meet every need that you have. Amen. Amen. That's the same example we gave you the other week. Because you have deposited money in First Citizen, you'll be able to get some money out of First Citizen. Look at the miracle that God works. I, see, we don't get this. Look at the miracle, right? God will let you put money in first citizen. huh? And then when you have a need, you didn't put in but $100. But you were faithful to put that $100 in every week, even if you were taking it out every week. But because the bank says you never had an overdraft and you were a con continual depositor, when you have a need, now when I go in to borrow some money, are you seeing this? It's what we told you in uh, uh, Hebrews 7 and 7 last week. I cannot believe everybody looked at me like, what? Put it up there, honey. Hebrews 7 and 7. <laughs> Says, I know you. I know you do. <laughs> it says that the lesser is blessed by the greater. Are y'all understanding? Huh? You seen this? Why do you think that you can borrow money from me and get out of debt? That's impossible. I ain't got no, I can pay, pay my own bills. I can't. But First Citizens got all the money. I'm, I'm not just using that bank now. I don't even have an account with First Citizens. So just so y'all know, I ain't doing no free commercials. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? A funny thing. Uh, I, I was uh, at the University of Louisville in 1978, right? You know they still send me money. I mean, send me mail wanting, <laughs> wanting donations. 1978. When? 19. And you know what they're saying? We gave you some knowledge. We want some money. 
I remember uh, what they said to me here. They said, when you graduate, we will promise you that you will be promoted in one year. I was a captain. That following year, I got promoted to major. And I said to myself, this works. <laughs> but you understand. So they said, we gave you an education. You give us some money. Let me stop here. I only got two minutes left, and y'all have gotten so quiet, I don't even know if anybody's here but me. <laughs> so if you're experiencing hunger, thirst, or nakedness, and one of all, of th all other things, it's your choice. It's not something that's ordained of God. It's a choice you make. So I'm going to close with this question. Why are people living beneath their privilege? Because they choose to do so. Now, I'm going to finish this next week. I got one more lesson. And don't be acting like you don't know I'm going to have another lesson. <laughs> I got one more on God's abundance. So you hang with me. I want you to, I want you to have God's best. I want you to have the abundance of God. Amen? All right, come on, stand up on your feet.